that's I got a chance to meet a lot of people in the industry. Okay. And then I always, also when I was acting, I, and it poured over into when I started writing, bro, before I had the company, I would go and volunteer on people's set to help them. Because okay. I was like, this may be a person that got a little small five to $10,000 movie today. Mm -hmm. They may be doing 10 million, $20 million movies tomorrow, bro. So I would always just go, and not for that reason, but just to learn. So I always go volunteer on people's set, like, what can I do? Can I pick up the trash? What can I do? Cool. Learn something, leave. I would, yeah. I would fly out and drive places just to go volunteer on people's set, bro. I would go to film festivals just to go network with filmmakers, because yeah. I knew when no more actors, hardly no actors gonna be there. And just to network and build relationships, because it's nothing like relational capital. Yeah. I haven't submitted a resume in like, I don't remember when. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap Network. Listen, I'm telling you, man, get somewhere with a notepad, a pen. You are not going to want to miss this interview, man. I got a good friend with me, man, my boy Princeton, a business partner. Yes, sir. Uh, creative. Uh, this 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 interview definitely gonna be a blessing. Listen, you guys know our goal at the Equity Tap is to help you raise your business IQ so that you can tap into your full business equity. Whether you're a startup, whether you've been in business, if you're stuck, whatever the case may be, man, our goal is to help you break through those barriers so that you can reach new levels in your business. With that being said, man, look, yeah. I appreciate you coming appreciate on the show. You, this is gonna be good, man. This has yeah. been a long time coming. I know it has been, man. So my name is Princeton James. I'm a writer, actor, producer, director, pretty much a creative entrepreneur. Um, and from Coldwater, Mississippi, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, I knew when I was nine, I wanted to be an actor and I went to uh, church one Sunday and a preacher preached about operating. I mean, no, no, no. I went to, um, I knew I wanted to be an actor, so I went to school. And I told my teacher, and my teacher was like, you gotta be realistic if you wanna be an actor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, you can't do that. And I was like, oh, what am I, you know, and she was like, you're gonna be an accountant because you're great at math. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna be an accountant. And later on, I went and got my degree in accounting from uh, University of Mississippi. I went to Ole Miss. But then, uh, man, I was in the workforce and it was just in my heart to be an actor. At that moment, it was acting. I was like, only acting. So I was like, man, I need to go to a class. So I went to a class, fell in love with it, hit the ground running. Then I moved to Atlanta the next year. Then I went to church uh, one Sunday. It was This is about 2016. I went to Atlanta in 2013. Then in 2016, God started to deal with, deal with me upon like what would be the next moves in my life. Okay. And I went to church this Sunday, the preacher preached about operating your gift. And he said, people will suffer if you don't operate in your gift. And he said, people will suffer if you don't operate in your gifts. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And I just felt just so heavy because I know that that message was for, for me. I know that he was being used as a vessel to send that message to me and probably some other people. So I quit my job that Tuesday. With, and I booked a building without a script, yeah. without a cast, without a plan, without any money saved. I just knew at that moment, God was telling me, you finna step into the next um, part of your destiny. Yeah, man. So, man, I moved back to Memphis, started a production company in 2016, did the first play called The Royal Family, and then we did, um, like, started doing dinner theaters, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's dope, man. Um, you said a couple of things that I want to dive into, mm -hmm. for sure. Forgive me, man. I, 
I, when I do these interviews, bro, it be the information be so good. I, yeah. I got to write it down because I just want to dive into it, and sometimes I forget. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, one of the things you said, man, was the class that mm-hmm. you took, man. What did that look like? So you were back to class, yeah, yeah. So yeah. take it back just a little bit because I want to frame it so I can fully understand. Yeah, so the first, working in corporate America, I was working in corporate America, man. I oh. worked for the Cheryl Williams company as a paint company. Gotcha. So I was in management there, and uh, I was in corporate America, and then I just woke up one morning and was like, man, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna Try this acting class. Yeah. So I looked it up, and the acting class was for that that coming Monday, I think. It was on that Monday. And I went to the class. I ain't going to lie. The first time I went to an acting class, I was so nervous. Yeah. I pulled up, and I turned around and went back home. Mm-hmm. I didn't even go in. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to make no fool out of myself. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. So I turned around and went back home. Then there was another class that Thursday. Did the same thing. Went to the class on Thursday. Then I said, all right, I got to go in. I yeah. went in. They were nice, so they gave me a script to read, and then I read the script. It was my first time seeing a script. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is what this is. And then he went on the stage, he was like, you, you, come on up. Mm-hmm. Y'all performing the scene. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, just you know, read the lines with feeling if it's your first time, but just uh, paint the picture of what you think it would be. Mm-hmm. Man, I went on that stage, and I could feel myself falling in love with that craft. It just felt right. It felt like I was doing something right. It felt like I could do this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then, after that, I went and sat down, and the teacher called me to the side at that moment. I think I had to be just 2016, so I had to be like 20, I don't know, 25, I don't know what it So, no, no, it was 2013. Okay. So, yeah, so like 10 years ago, so I had to be like 25 at this time. Gotcha. So, um, I was like, man, this is amazing. So, he came and brought me to the side. He said, man, if you continue to work in this industry, yeah. you have a 100% chance that you'll get booked. He said, what was have, he basing that off of? He, he just said, you're talented, you're natural. That's okay. what he said. He was like, you got a 100% chance to get booked. And I was like, what? I didn't really believe it because I'm like, man, it's my first time ever doing it. But, you know, it's angels everywhere. Yeah. It's eyes, yeah. So that's not first class win. Yeah. So uh, I, as, a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you got to come overcome a lot of fears. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got to break down a lot of hurdles. Yeah. And one of the ones that has been probably the most uncomfortable to me is public speaking. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done it, you know what I'm saying, because it's just one of the things that come with it. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear that after your first class yeah. or the first class you were supposed to go to yeah. that you turned around, you didn't go. I did not. Because when I see you in action now, it's extremely talented, you know what I'm saying? And of course, you can talk in front of a crowd, all that good stuff, yeah. but to see where you started in, I think I've heard uh, the number one fear mm-hmm. in life is not death, mm-hmm. but the fear of public speaking. Really? So, yeah, I can see how that could be. Mm-hmm. That's tough, though. Like, public speaking at first, I used to be very nervous. My voice used to tremble when I spoke uh, early on, especially like in high school and early college. I'm going to tell you what broke me. Uh-huh. I pledged. Oh, so I, you know, then shout out to the Sigmas. I pledged back in 2006. That's okay. like so long ago, man. Time flies, bro. <laughs> like, what, 17 years? Yeah, 17 years ago. Wow. So 2006, I pledged, and my frat brothers used to make me speak. Okay. They used to make me present for the fraternity. So if there were, like, things that MPAC was a part of, and there were things that they had to do MPAC? on the campus. Also, um... It's like basically all the Greeks, all the black okay, letter Greek okay. organizations, like AKs, Deltas, Zetas, all them. So that whenever they, everybody had to present, we'll have one member from each organization. Bro, they used to make me do it as a freshman. I played as my freshman year as soon as I came offline. I'm like, I know my information, but I barely know the the, the yarn and stuff. <laughs> they used to be like, no, get up there and speak. Yeah. I'd be up there trembling, they'd be in the back like this. 
They wouldn't care. <laughs> they'd be just staring at me. They'd be like, we don't care. You better stay up there and speak. And I'd be like, so, and then they'd be like, okay, you're going to host this. Go up there and host it. Mm-hmm. They'll do it every time. And the biggest thing was at step shows where they would make me do like a solo. Because as a freshman, man, you all grab all these upper class. That's, yeah. that's like, it's not humiliating because we did we held our own on the step show stage. But like. it was just hard. So after a while, man, I just got better and better. And my voice stopped to shake. It stopped shaking. And then I was not, I wasn't going over the things I was going to say before I went on stage. And it just got better and better. But yeah. they forced me into that, bro. I'm sure. telling you, I would not be able to speak in public if it was not for my frat brothers. My old head, Ada Beta, anybody that plays before 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Amp Cook, Jared. They was just the meanest, best, nicest people <laughs> I knew. Like Kenya and Greg, mm-hmm. all them, man. They, they was just like, they just did not take no for an answer. And I was but like, you know, oh, I'm good at playing like this. Yeah, man. Uh, but what you, you know, what I hear and what I think is so interesting is, mm-hmm. of course, going through that, you didn't know that that was going to set you up and, and, you know what I'm saying, mold you to be able to do. Yes. But, you know what I'm saying, it's interesting once you look back on life and how certain, you know what I'm saying, things put you in a position to thrive, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying, in yes. what you're doing right now, man. So yes. I think that's uh, that's dope, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, man. You going going forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you took the acting class, yep. and then you said you booked your your first show. Explain that yeah. whole process to. I booked. Uh, it was the first thing I booked was like this independent short film, and I did I audition for it. Do you remember this place on Walnut Grove? Anyway, it was this restaurant there, and they were doing auditions upstairs. So I went, I auditioned for it, and I was like, "We want you to read for it." I was like, "What?" So it's like, "Yeah, we want you to be the character in this." story and I was like okay cool so it was an independent short film done here and it was a guy basically he wrote a short film about his testimony okay. about being delivered like from prostitutes and all that stuff so it was it, it was a great experience it was my first time so I learned a ton mm-hmm. and some of those people I acted in that we, we're still cool to this day she was yeah. in my very first play okay so like um yeah it was a lot of fun man I had a great great time but that audition was nerve-wracking but like you said like when I go back to the roots of public speaking, that's what prepared me for, yeah. you know what I'm saying, this right here. And then a lot of other experiences, like going through the industry and, and having different experiences, it teaches you like how to like show up in an audition and how to slate and what that means. So slating means like give your name, age, and what you're auditioning for, but how to do those things. So I was just super grateful for that, man. But that was the first audition that I had. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So man, once you, um. And so I know a little bit about your background, yeah. man, but I know it's extensive. So you think about where you started it and some of the projects that you've been able to work mm-hmm. on. You've been on TV, mm-hmm. worked on major projects. You, you're currently working on, you know what I'm saying, a major project. But outline some of those major accomplishments for you, man, some of the mm-hmm. stuff that you're working on now. Man, I'm so grateful to have, like, even experienced this. But I worked on, like, this is the second NBC show I worked on, um, I worked on Bluff City Law. I'm working on uh, I worked on Uncork, which is a Netflix movie. I worked on the BET pilot. I done some stuff for like VH1, HBO. Um, obviously, Netflix. Since Uncork was on Netflix, I've worked. Uh, right now, I'm currently working as a showrunner's assistant okay. on um, uh, on Young Rock, which is on NBC right now. Sure. And it's incredible. Like my showrunners and that crew is just so beautiful, mm-hmm. man. It's such a great experience. And also I worked on like commercials, like Doritos commercials, Nike commercials, I mean, you know, like a lot of other stuff, um, done some, I, I don't know, it's just a lot of stuff done, like some live concerts, work with tons of artists, Yeah. you know, pre- co-produced a pilot with like 
Post Malone, his manager Dre London, and and it was starting Elise Neal and David Arquette and and uh, Tyga was in it. And it was just a just I've been blessed to. And, and I'm sure some stuff I'm leaving out, but um, that's not even included on the theater side. Like there's a ton of artists here that I work with, and a lot of other people. I'm just super grateful, man. Yeah, just a lot. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's that's crazy because mm-hmm. you went to school for accounting. Yeah, you didn't go to yeah. college for mm-hmm. you know theater. Uh, my mama said no. Nah. <laughs> okay, go, bro. <laughs> Not if we pay it for you. Yeah, yeah. You have to get us something that's gonna have to. Yes. But his debt back. And she was serious. Nah, just be. You know. I understand. Being a parent, you know, I definitely like, get. I need you to get something that's gonna get you some bread. You know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, man, with not going to school for mm-hmm. what you know, what I'm saying. And being in the presence of all of these professionals that mm-hmm. you know got an extensive career, they work yeah. with the top of the top. Like, how do you how do you show up in a room like that, bro? Man, the imposter syndrome is a real thing, yeah. bro. Like, imposter syndrome is real. I showed up. I, I I think I'm just getting past imposter syndrome. Like, right. even after that, I think this job with all the success you bro, man, just right. now, just now, like it, it because it would make you think like. Things like that. Like I didn't go to film school. Yeah. Like I haven't worked on these sets all my life. I haven't like I've done like independent work, but it's some work that I haven't done. And then it'll make you think like you're not worthy or that that all you just looked up to get. No, no, no. This was your destiny. And then like I've never felt unprepared. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like I prepared for these moments or God had already prepared me for those moments. Yeah. But it was just, you know, the you know, the enemy would come in like, Hey, you don't belong here. You instance. So I work with the showrunners and all the producers and the directors and stuff like that uh-huh. on this show. So we sit in like the director chairs with the logo on the back and all that. Gotcha. So when they told me the job I was gonna be doing, I was like, yeah, you're gonna be in Video Village, you'll be sitting in. So they would bring me a chair out to sit in, bro. Uh-huh. It, was, it took me like three, two and a half months to sit in the chair. Yeah. I would put my backpack in the chair, I would lean on the chair. <laughs> I would like probably like halfway sit in the chair, but it was just like, dang, I don't deserve to be in this chair. And they telling me this is, the chair we put here for, and I mean, it ain't got your name on it, of course, but it's a get, it's a, it got guests on it, it's chair, you know what I'm saying? And it's just another chair you can sit over here with us. And then it took my showrunner or like an executive producer or director to say like, hey, yeah, yeah, you can just uh, stick in video village because you'd be close to us as if we needed anything. Yeah. And it's where I wanted to be, bro, because I'm able to see all the shots. I'm able to see everything they're doing here, what they hear with the actors everything i'm able to see them give notes see what they yeah. don't see what they're telling the dp and it just it was like it was like i was in a master's program or in a phd program for film and television yeah because yeah. it's nothing like on the job experience and these are people these we're creating tv that literally is on primetime television so cool. it was man that imposter syndrome will sneak up but i would say that i had to honestly know that this is I deserve to be in this space. Yeah. Or else I wouldn't be here. Absolutely. But then after I did that, I was like, okay, cool, got it. Now I can navigate in a way that's like I'm supposed to be here. I can take up space and it's not doing anything to anyone else's space. Gotcha, gotcha. So, man, uh, through our friendship mm-hmm. and our, our business partnership, I've been learning a lot more about yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, but there's still stuff that, you know, you got to explain to me. And one of the things that uh, I got a question about is the whole chair, right? The director yeah. chair, that whole uh video village mm-hmm. like why was that so intimidating is those chairs reserved for like mm-hmm. what, what, they reserve yeah that's a good question too video village is basically reserved for the producers directors and like showrunners uh, the produce you know what i'm saying writers anybody like that 
So that's like where they people. Yeah. Oh, so that's where they are to watch the scenes that are on the screen. So they can give each other feedback and talk through about it or whatever. Oh, okay. So they have a set of chairs, they call it video village. And if people are not in a producer, writer, director, they're not over there. You know, unless you come in to ask somebody a question. Okay. And in other other sets, I'm sure it's kind of like exclusive or whatever. But in our set, I, everybody was so cool to where like people would come over there, they just didn't sit in the chairs. Okay. You know, so that's basically what that is. And you're just able to watch out the takes. But it's a cool area, man. You learn a ton. Yeah. Yeah, man. So would it be safe to say like those are the top people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those are the people that run the show. Okay. That, that create, they either write it wow, or correct it, it or produce it. They make the decisions about what happens on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see from my perspective how there was intimidating. But man. the crazy thing is, yeah. man, they gave you a seat at the table. They, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they saw something in you, or they they, they currently see something in you, the potential yeah. in you, man. So that definitely grateful. speaks volume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful, man. And they and it and it speaks volume to their heart too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's kind of them to do that. And we just have to deal with our own self. I mean, like, deal with our own self and take an introspective view of like why am I feeling like I don't belong here? Because yeah. ain't got nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. Got something to do with me. So I had to do that work on the inside of me yeah. and then it put me in a place to say like hey you can show up as your full self mm -hmm. and it's not diminishing anyone else we just can't believe all the narratives we tell ourselves yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah hey, man bro that is that's interesting because yeah. it's the narrative that you tell yourself sometimes that you know what i'm saying will take you out of the game yes, you man. know all the other it's already negativity out there it's already girl. You know what I'm saying? But you also, you know what I'm saying, I'm subjected to all of that. So mm -hmm. you start telling yourself certain things as yes. well, and it sticks in there. It and does. if you don't battle against, you know what I'm saying? And I, I did a video about this, mm -hmm. thing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it was called Winning. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to put it in the link so yeah. they can check it out. But it was called Winning the Day, uh, oh, yeah. Winning Your Mind for the Day or something, mm -hmm. something like that, man. But yeah, it's, and it uh, deals with like control, like making sure you control and combat those narratives you tell yourself. Yeah, 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 absolutely, mm -hmm. man. That's dope. Because yeah, yeah. man, we be telling ourselves stuff that we don't even believe. Mm -hmm. We just it just be rooted in like fear or insecurity or like whatever. Yeah, you do believe you are here to do something, and you know you're well qualified to do yeah. it. So yeah, and then sometimes we have to control, like not control, but we have to monitor and acknowledge the our team, the narratives our team tell themselves. About you as a leader, or about like how they show up. Okay, okay. And you just have to like make sure that you know, we're not getting involved in that as a leader. But you play people, yeah. so you you understand like sometimes those narratives can be uh, counterproductive to our overall goal. Yeah, it's yeah. a daily battle, man. I yeah. was listening to a guy; I don't remember his name, but uh, he wrote a book, and I don't remember the name of the book, mm. but I remember the concept, and the yeah. concept was uh, getting to neutral. And mm. he was a, yeah. a high level. Uh, coach when he, he dealt with high level players and stuff like that yeah. and one of the things that he would say is look uh, positivity is overrated it's hard to sometimes shift from negative to positivity yeah. but what you need to do is you gotta learn how to shift to negative you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying I'm, I'm not negative I'm sorry shift to neutral mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying because a lot of people can't go to negative to positive but you can go from negative to neutral right. and neutral is what you're talking about what are you telling yourself mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying sometimes you gotta calm down that negativity mm -hmm. shift to neutral and yeah. then now you can start programming yourself for that positivity mm -hmm. man oh, so that's so good perspective shift yeah. to neutral because then like in neutral you're kind of like flowing with what you know what I'm saying flowing with the way that you're naturally moving yeah and you're just like, I guess you're more like vulnerable and open to like input and, and what sure. it actually is realistically. Absolutely. Like what reality is, not what we believe it is. 
And what neutral is to me is it's the stopping point, right? Because mm-hmm. everything is always in motion. You think yeah. about uh, negativity, right? You're going in that direction. Yeah. So what you got to do is you got to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Put yourself in neutral so that you can shift and go towards, you know what I'm saying, positivity. Yeah. So when I heard it, that's what that's the perspective that I had on like neg- neutral is the stopping point. Oh god! All right, look, how do I stop all of this? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Let me evaluate what's going on. Uh, but anyway, put so, a calmness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel sure. that. I feel sure. that. I think that's necessary, bro. Yeah, that's necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Shift to neutral. Yeah, yeah. Don't so, tell the cooler kids that. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. Um, you talked about um. The enemy, man, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying, yes. the influence that the enemy can have on you. Mm-hmm. It, and a lot of people don't even recognize that, you know what I'm saying? There is the enemy, that negative force that yeah. is really giving you a lot of pushback and trying yes. to keep you out of the doors that you were, the seat that you were supposed to be sitting in, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So uh, how did you overcome that, bro? Man, the enemy, I think that we have to realize the part that we play in allowing the enemy to show up. I worked it down. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, I used to, like, when I first started, some people that I talked to that are very close to me to tell me the truth, they'll say, you were still a great leader. I think that I was not as good, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I'm a way better leader now than I was back then. But I think it's because there were insecurities around the work and how I showed up in the work because I didn't have any formal training. Mm-hmm. But I also did not know how to process that as a human. And then I was also surrounded by people that weren't weren't as gentle and they weren't as integral as I expected them to be. You know how you can go in expecting people to be as integral as you are? I just expecting people to be you in situations that they don't, that's not how they show up, that's not their overall obligation, and that even ain't their purpose to be. Mm -hmm. So like, the enemy would show up in ways like that, and I don't think, I, I I didn't have the tools to deconstruct my ego in order to respond in a way that was great for the project. I responded in a way that was defending myself because it triggered me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, hey, come on now, you ain't got to do that. Come on, you ain't oh, just oh, go like toe to toe. And it's like, that's that's a that's a trick of the enemy yeah. to come in because now we ain't none of us productive. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to work with you, you don't want to work with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And God can have a purpose of us working together to encourage somebody and they not even encouraged just because of, we let the enemy come in and trick us. For sure. So after like doing a lot of self-work and introspective view, I learned that Okay, cool. There are boundaries that should be set mm-hmm. to be able to navigate in a way that's going to get us and prior- get us to the ultimate goal and prioritize purpose over an argument in the moment. Yeah. And then you also realize, bro, healthy conflict is important in order to have a successful business okay. or successful collaboration of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be able to have conflict with people mm-hmm. that looks like okay, cool, you hold me accountable, I hold you accountable in a very, very respectful manner. We hold, we hold each other accountable to set boundaries so yeah. we're not triggering each other so we can just get the job done. Yeah, you know, so the enemies show up in very creative ways, but I sure. figured out ways to like, I, well, I had to do self-work yeah. to take a, a view of what I could do in order to not react to certain things or not let things get in the way of the overall purpose. Yeah. yeah. And you said something that was powerful, deconstruct my ego. Man. And yes. that's a part Every of day. the self-work that you're talking about. Yeah. What, does, what does that self-work look like for you? Oh, man. So assessing the situation. So I learned from Jamal McNeil uh, is an acting coach that I love so much. Jamal is incredible. He also coached, like, he coached me, coached some of my friends. He coached Taraji and Octavia. Okay. He's incredible. 
you um you probably he was here for the cooler. I think I did meet him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he always says like, don't judge the situation, assess it. Because if you judge it, you shut it off to anything that's gonna help it. Yeah. So like, I had to learn say, don't judge the situation. Don't say like, P, this like, don't tell myself, P, this was terrible. Don't nobody like that's judging it. Yeah, you yeah. say like, oh, these are some opportunities we can grow. Gotcha. We did not have enough of this to make this happen so we need to make sure that we have the capacity next time to get this to make that happen and that's assessing the situation rather than like judging it yeah but i had to like learn how to deconstruct ego to be able to say okay cool i'm not gonna judge this i'm just gonna assess it but ego tells you if somebody give you feedback they telling you you did, didn't do good yeah or they say you ain't you you're inadequate or that mm. you ain't you know what i'm saying you ain't who you are and it's like that's ego yeah you know and then like when you deconstruct that you're like wait a minute they're not saying that they're just saying like you could have raised you could have did a different lighting technique on this and it would have made it better sure. and sure. you still have the autonomy to be able to take that in and decide if you're gonna do it or not but i think the ego will keep us from like seeing it as like feedback and we just see it as criticism yeah yeah man. bro yeah that's this, this dope, man. And, you know, as we're sitting here talking, one of the things that I'm thinking, I'm like, man, Princeton, dude, you're so humble. You know oh, man, thank you. You got such a gracious, you know what I'm saying, personality. Uh, and, and it reflects in all the people that you work with, you know, thank the whole you, team, man. I've seen them go to work for you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, and they work like the project is there. That's just yeah, a testimony to, you know what I'm saying, your leadership ability. Thank you, man. Um, I appreciate but it. what I do recognize, too, is, you know what I'm saying, you extremely humble, but there is a uh, extremely hard-working side of you, you know what I'm saying, in this industry. And I don't want people to get confused with, you know what I'm saying, how humble your humble spirit and, and confuse the, the work side of it. Like, I've oh, yeah. seen the work that you've put into oh, it. Thank you. So if you could, man, let's speak to, like, let's take the gloves off. Let's speak okay. to, like, entrepreneurs. Let's let's speak to people who want to get into this industry. Yeah. Like, realistically, what does a day in life look like for somebody who's pursuing, you know what I'm saying, a yeah. career in acting? Yeah, man. It can look like anything. Yep. So in acting, you can be getting up, checking your email, checking to see if you got any auditions, submitting to some auditions, okay. looking for opportunities to train, going to the job and getting your call sheet and knowing what time you got to be there, whatever you got to do. If you're training for a gig that you need to lose a few pounds or gain a few pounds with, you're going to do that. So it can look like anything contingent upon like what you're doing. What a day looks like for me, since I'm on this show, I wake up and I figure out ways that I can support my bosses. Okay. So like I have three bosses that I specifically report to and and one of them created the show and the other two are like showrunners on the show and help with it and executive produce it. But it's just like making sure I put it upon myself to get them coffee every day, okay. every day. Mm-hmm. So every single day I get up, wanna go get them coffee just cause I think I can't lead well as an entrepreneur if I don't serve well, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So like I do that and I check my emails, I check their schedule to make sure they have everything they need for all their meetings, if they need any scripts. And I go on set with them and I just make sure I'm supporting them on set. Yeah. But if they need certain sides, sides are like small scripts for what we're gonna shoot that day. Okay. So those are called sides on set. And um, everybody gets them so they know where we are, who's saying what lines and yeah. what they're supposed to do. So I make sure that they just have everything they need. Everything, every day looks different, like today, um making sure they have a food truck for tomorrow or making sure they have every, you know, like small stuff, but it can just all look different depending on like, so that's what the job I'm doing now. As a playwright, I could be uh, getting up, making sure we have everything um, in regards to we, what we need for rehearsals. Okay. All the cast is aware. Do we have all the costumes we need? Making sure we're promoting the, the 
whatever the event is and getting that there. And as a writer, I just get up, create some more ideas, figure out where I am on my feature that I'm writing or where I am on my television show that I'm developing and then like take some meetings, talk to the business partner yeah, yeah. <laughs> about some ideas. Um, we got a, a cool private screening coming up, so making sure all those ducks are in a row. And then make sure we're taking advantage of all the opportunities we want, what that we need to in order to push our overall objective for sure. For sure. Yeah. So that's what it looks like in the in the CEO seat, like mm -hmm. uh, as the owner, the CEO of Princeton James Production. That's what yeah. your day looked like. Mm -hmm. But before Princeton James Production was what it is today, mm -hmm. what did that look like when you was trying to break into like what the did that look like? What did that mm -hmm. look like? When I was when I was only acting, I was always looking for ways to train, okay. to learn, and to network. Network. That's what I was always doing. And I was trying to find new ways to network. Yeah. So if I knew a lot of filmmakers, <laughs> I was from a competitive industry. Ran extremely. So if I knew a lot of filmmakers were going to be at an event, mm -hmm. I would go to, I would be the only actor. And I'd be like, hold on, all these filmmakers going to be there? Okay, cool. I'll go and introduce myself to them. If you need yeah. something, an actor for your gig, cool. That's I got a chance to meet a lot of people in the industry. Okay. And then I would always, also when I was acting, I, and it poured over into when I started writing, bro, before I had the company, I would go and volunteer on people's set to help them. Because okay. I was like, this may be a person that got a little small five to $10,000 movie today. Mm -hmm. They may be doing $10 million, $20 million movies tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. So I would always just go, and not for that reason, but just yeah. to learn. So I would always go volunteer on people's set, like, what can I do? Can I pick up the trash? What can I do? Cool. Learn something, leave. I would, yeah. I would fly out and drive places just to go volunteer on people's set, bro. I would go to film festivals just to go network with filmmakers because yeah. I knew when no more actors, hardly no actors gonna be there. And just to network and build relationships because it's nothing like relational capital. Yeah. I haven't submitted a resume in like, I don't remember when. It's crazy. Yeah. Just off of networking to build relationships. Off somebody like, picking what did their mindset come from? What did somebody tell you, look, this is what you need to do mm -hmm. to work into that industry or you just kind of observed it and was like, yo, here's a couple areas that I can kind of position myself in I see yeah. other people not willing to, what I call it is going the extra mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just automatically have that mindset or did you have a mentor that was kind of helping you through all of that? I think a little bit of both. So I always had it, like even growing up, I always knew I wanted something more or different. Or was it wasn't, I always yeah. pushed the envelope a little bit further. So you know something about entrepreneurs, we all got it in us, we gonna go yeah. get it. <laughs> but I think that I wanted to be a little bit, I've always wanted to be a little bit more creative in like how I approach things. Okay. And still have a lot of integrity and character. Sure. Cause those are the core values of what I see. Yeah. And I understand that I won't connect with everybody. Mm -hmm. That's okay too. Like I, but I connect with the people that I get a good vibe from and that operate at a high level of integrity and you know, treat people well. So um, I kind of like knew what I wanted in my mind, but I also submitted to like what God had planned for me okay. in his creation. So like if things don't go as planned, I'd be like, I right, I've learned to like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with what this is and it always turns out better on this side. Always. Always, man. But it is a very difficult uh, you know what I'm saying, process to yeah. to know that what the plan is, to know what the destination is, but then also on that road, on that journey, you know what I'm saying, you're gonna get bumped off of it. You are. You know what I'm saying? And at times you don't understand, like, man, yeah. I thought I was going here, how did I end up over here? Yeah. But then all of a sudden it wraps right back around and puts you where you at. Exactly. And you talk about that, you know what I'm saying, just submitting to the the overall plan that God has for you. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned, man. Because um, I didn't want to be no writer at first. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, Why did it happen? I just thought that I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't like writing in school. 
Okay. I ain't like to read. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't like to read. But when I read scripts, I read a world. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love to create and I love to write it. So, and God has something different. So God, I used to his plan. Yeah. yeah. That's mm -hmm. what's up, man. Yeah. You've mentioned uh, integrity mm -hmm. uh, several times, man. And I know we've had conversations off camera, yeah. you know what I'm saying, about that. And it was one of the things that we talked about before we even formed our, you know what I'm saying, partnership. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah friendship, well, like, partnership. Brother, I'm in partnership. Absolutely. Yep. Man, give me your perspective on that, man. Oh, yeah, man. Integrity, I think that's so important. And I think we all, I think everybody has core values. Yeah. It's just what are we choosing to make them and how we're operating in them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I just always chose integrity because my dad drilled that in me. It's like how you treat people, not like when they do you well, but how you treat people that don't do you well. And what you doing when I'm not around? He was always be like, you know, he had a different way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was <laughs> basically the core of it. It was like, what are you doing when I'm not around? Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody came about. Ain't nobody come and tell me that you done did something when I'm not around that I would not approve of when I was around. And yeah. it kind of like stuck with me. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So I just think like, and then when you navigate, if you build with people they have integrity, you're not worried about what they're saying or whatever, they're gonna tell you. They ain't gonna go behind your back, they're gonna tell you. Or they're gonna do things behind your back that they know that they know are still healthy to the goal and to, to whatever. So I just think like having integrity is so important and having core values of integrity is so important to me and my company because then I know that we can build together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think that you can always build a solid foundation when it's, uh, when it's rooted in integrity, love, respect, accountability, yeah, and faith yeah. and righteousness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, yeah, I'm super grateful for that, but I think integrity is so important. And you have a lot of integrity. Man, I appreciate it. Yes, yeah. sir. You yeah. know, and, and I was taught similar, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Character is who you are when no one's looking. Boom. You know what I'm saying? And that's what your dad basically was mm -hmm. saying. Uh, and I always, and I always stuck, to, stuck with me like, yeah, ain't nobody else here but me. Mm -hmm. All right, you know what I'm saying? Who am I when ain't nobody looking? Yes. You know and am mm -hmm. I gonna do what I, what I'm talking about on camera, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm reading the books, am I, you know, and I'm talking more on entrepreneurship, yeah, but I mean, it goes in every area of your life. You mm -hmm. can say, who are you when no one's looking? And who are you when no one's looking? Yeah, that's, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a daily battle, you know what I'm saying? Daily, you know, yeah. There is so many, so much negative influence out there, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's so, so much. convenient too, yeah. bro. Convenient, yeah. So negativity is convenient. Yeah, negativity is convenient. Yeah, work that's hard, a good, that's a good, down. like, segment. Negativity yeah, yeah, yeah. is convenient, yeah. For sure. Um, and so, man, just, Hearing all the accomplishments, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, that you've been able to do. Yeah. And that's still, you still got a thirst for helping yeah. people. You still got a yeah. thirst for doing all of these things, man. Yeah. And you gave birth to another project, yeah. uh, which was the Nuller Prophet Size, yes. yes. you know, Cooler and yeah. then the Cooler Kids. Yeah. Man. Uh, so seeing all the things that you saw in the industry, man, I thought that was, I thought it was the dopest thing, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Taking all your experience and then not just hide or holding it for yourself, mm -hmm. but creating an opportunity for workforce development, mm -hmm. but then training up the next, you know what I'm saying, generation of mm -hmm. actors and leaders and stuff like that, man. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about that, that whole project. Thank you, man. First of all, appreciate you being on the board, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, in support, <laughs> cause you, we wouldn't be able to do it without you. So, um, and the rest of the board, appreciate them too. So the Kulu was basically like, we saw a need for some type of infrastructure and programming that would help us build a diverse creative economy. Okay. Cause that's basically what it is. We want to build a diverse creative economy. So through workshops, training programs, all that good stuff. One thing we do do is a camp that we started in 2018, but now it's branded, rebranded as a Kulu Kids Arts Enrichment Camp. And we've been able to impact about like 5,000 kids in that wow. amount of time. Just with some oh, time program, like 2018. So, hey, that's that's five years. Coming up on five years. Yeah, that's, that's oh, you? crazy. No, 
four years. Five, five years. Coming up on five years. Five thousand kids. Yeah, yeah, man. Like so, being able to like impact that many children, and like uh, some got an acting class, some had the whole camp, some you know, and we wanted to just create a, a system to teach them life skills and enrichment tools, but use art as a vehicle. Okay. So we're not only teaching them art, like we use an arts enrichment, but we're like teaching them to be artists is well no we're teaching them to be better people but using arts as their vehicle so we're introducing them to the arts that they don't usually have access to in their regular schools because yeah. a lot of them are underserved communities or like inner city schools or kids that don't have the funds to be able to pay yeah. so this past summer no no the kids paid to come to camp mm -hmm. it didn't matter if their parents wherever they were from they didn't pay so we want to continue that programming with kids and be able to give them a opportunity to create content and to give them a voice and then they can be able to display that voice and show other people their voice and you know it's just to help heal and create those life skills to use an arts vehicle but we love the cooler kids man and the cooler as a whole the cooler yeah. does some great work too i love it yeah man. grateful for the team for my daughter when i tell her that uh we did the interview tonight she yeah. the first thing she gonna say when is the next cooler really yeah because she came oh to the performance, to the performance. Yep. you have to talk about that too but mm -hmm. she came and sat in the audience yeah. And uh, we got there a little early, so we were in the perfect seat. We was in the middle on the balcony, so we had a straight shot. When I tell you, she stood up and danced and sung for real? the whole time. Yeah. And so she just auditioned at her school for Aladdin. Uh, oh, yeah. but I got to come see it. She's just, man, she went to the cooler kids. She didn't have any desire to be in this world, but just from sitting in the audience and seeing what y'all, what you have put together, what your yeah. team, what the whole organization has mm -hmm. put together, she's been inspired, bro. And when I tell when I come home, she gonna ask me, who did you interview today? I might make up another name, but she gonna be like, she gonna have me call and win us the next cooler. Yeah. So how did that whole idea come about, bro? What did yeah. this start at? How many kids and shit? Kind of give us some of the stats behind it. Yeah, that. a little bit of origin story about the cooler kids is I'm from Coldwater, Mississippi, so we didn't have nothing. We didn't have no arts, nothing. Like right. the only thing we had was a band. Gotcha. So I knew I wanted to be an actor, so we didn't have an outlet. So in 2018, I got with some of my friends, and I was like, y'all, do y'all mind if we just try to do a camp? I don't know how it's gonna go, but let's just try it. Mm -hmm. And we'll just bring some people down here to teach our kids and we'll figure out what it what it happened. So we went to Coldwater, Mississippi. We had like 83 kids. Okay. We only charged them like $35 for the week. It was okay. a one-week camp. And we did it um, in, in Coldwater, Mississippi. I think it was a second Baptist. And we did it, man, and there's so many kids came out, and then the community flooded out. Then we had to put together a performance in five days because the kids didn't know nothing about it. They didn't know nothing about acting. So we had to take them for five days and just produce a show and done the last day. And then, like, when we had the first one, the kids raised their hands. If y'all ain't had this training before, none of the kids, I, I think, like, two kids maybe raised their hands. And then at the end, we said who I was interested in, some facet of the arts, yeah. all of them. Because we didn't just teach them to be actors, singers, and dancers. We taught them how to be um hair makeup set design yeah, and i'm saying costume the coolest things about the whole thing Damn, man. and they do it for that performance mm -hmm. like i was telling them we don't have to win a tony with this performance we want you guys to be proud of the work that you've done yeah. so we let them do it we let them stage manage we let them direct we let them interview the people for camera on you know in the red carpet with that one and it's just growing and growing and growing, and we're looking forward to how we're growing in the future. Yeah. yeah. So, man, uh, the last show, mm -hmm. uh, of course, I was in attendance, and actually, yeah. you worked it. Yeah. You well, worked the camp. I didn't not not as much as y'all. Uh, <laughs> I came and I, you know, what do y'all need? Y'all need to grab y'all yeah. some food. Man, that was what can big I, help. What can you I help out? Big help, so, bro. Nowhere close to what y'all did. I take no credit it's, for it. But what you those kids were, did. He, we wouldn't have the room to do it had you not helped out with that one because it was. 
great. This man popped up with shirts out of nowhere. You hear me? I was like, the, yeah. Shirts are just a part of my DNA. Like, I'm not even in the t-shirt industry anymore. <laughs> More, but, yeah. but, you know, I understand it. So, man, um, that the stats on this show, mm -hmm. that's what I was getting to was, man. So, mm -hmm. I got there early and I watched the room fill up, fill up. And I went through the, the walkthrough with you. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it was over 400 seats in the yeah. theater. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's yeah, huge. It's big, yeah. Bruh, but when I tell you before the show started, it, it was packed. Oh, it was, it was packed. Cool. Yeah, it was people standing up in the back. Yeah, which man. I was like, wow. To man. come support those kids. How mm -hmm. many kids was in this last show? Ooh, I think we had about 70. 70. About 70 something kids, like 73 kids, 76 kids in the show. Yeah. And how much does it typically cost for the kids to go through the uh, the program? Um, it's $75 a week. It was last year. $75 a week, and they did two weeks, so it was $150. Okay. And yep. what all does that include? Oh, they include everything. Okay. So they don't have to pay for anything. It comes with like food and snacks, and they can bring their own <laughs> snacks if they want to bring their own food, but it comes with their costume, their t shirt, everything. Yeah. Yep. How, do you, how are you funding all of this? I know it's a non. It's not profit. We did grants last year, but it still wasn't enough to be honest. You know what I'm saying? We were still growing, but um, we have been, God has been so kind, so that's the ultimate grant funder. You know what I mean? But um, through people like you, like putting sweat equity in and, and helping us being able to navigate it, and then like people like uh, parents and volunteers and an amazing team being able to do that work at discounted rates just to pour into the communities. Yeah. So that has been a big portion of it. We're just super grateful for it. But in the future, we're planning on like submitting for certain grants, doing certain fundraisers to get the kids what they need to do gotcha. in order to go forward in that way. Is there, uh, uh, for people that's watching and mm -hmm. support us, there's yeah. a place that they can go and don't yes. now to kind of help? So you can go to thisisthecooler.com. So thisisthecooler.com on Instagram, Facebook, and where is it? That's it, Instagram. And Facebook, right? Yeah. Instagram, it, Facebook, and then the website. Yeah, website. So this is the cooler, all that. Yeah, you guys come follow us, support. The next camp is going to be January, no, July the 10th through the 21st. Yeah, and the performance will be the night of the 21st, yeah, Friday night. Yeah. And the I think the, the, the coolest thing of it all, man, mm -hmm. last show, and no kids, no parents had to come out of their pockets Nobody. to pay for the camp. No. Yeah. Only thing they paid for was a ten dollar ticket to the show. Yeah. That's it. That's crazy. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it was bro, it was it was a great show. Thank you. To, to know not only was it a great show, but to know behind that curtain, mm -hmm. on the backside of the curtain, it's a kid with some headphones on mm -hmm. that's literally running the whole show. You yep. got a whole department of kids that's working on costumes. Yes. You got kids that's running out, changing the set. Yep. Like, they did everything. They did it all. That's they crazy. did it all. And I, and I, we look forward to building a system that they can continue, that we can continue to do that. Like, not only here, but in other cities and in other, like, everything. Because I think everybody deserves to at least have access to it to say no to it. Mm -hmm. We have so many kids that want to get into the yeah. industry and right now they don't even know how to if they want it to be a grip or a lighting person or sure. anything. Sure. So man, I'm just, I'm excited, man. I'm so excited about the Cooler Kids. That's one of the things this year I'm just super excited. One day the Cooler, one of them gonna be on this show one day probably. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be right. so funny, yeah. For sure. It'll be so um, funny. And then on the, uh, the cooler side of things, yeah. when you go to like the workforce development, Oh, yeah. uh, you just did a summit. Tell me about that, man. How did man, that that summit was together? great. Like, so we brought in a lot of individuals from LA, from Atlanta, from New York, from Dallas to come in and just pour into our community. So we had people that were right that were writers for shout out to Felicia Pride, who was a writer on um Grey's Anatomy and wrote Really Love on Netflix and wrote on uh, Queen Sugar and shout out to Roche Jeffries, who was a co EP on Grownish. 
Uh, shout out to Kristen, who is a, also a staff writer and developing her own show right now that is incredible. Uh, shout out to Jamal McNeil, who I talked about earlier. Uh, shout out to Anasa Troutman. Shout out to Bertram. Anasa, who is amazing in her own right, that does all things everywhere. She's somewhere on the beach now, <laughs> helping to save lives. Um, Bertram Williams, who is Woody on P Valley. I mean, shout out to my boy Mac, who is a series regular on Sisters with Tyler Perry. I don't want to miss nobody. Um, shout out to Mr. Donald Gray, who's in the building, who's at Touring Plays. It was my very first um, theater mentor. It was just so many people that came in. Shout out to Ian, who's a stunt coordinator. I was going to ask you, who was the stunt guy, man? Ian, man. Dude, He's a stunt crazy, coordinator. Man. Yeah, he great, too. He's great. He is on Young Rock with me. I met him through that, and I asked him, hey, would you like? No, I met him at a at an event here. It was like with Shooting Splice with Indy Memphis. Oh, and then after that, we saw each other on Young Rock. I was like, what's up, man? He was like, I heard you doing something. I was like, yeah, come. So he was like, okay, I'll do a class. And the class went great, man. Yeah. And it was just such a great time. Shout out to Karan, too, who do a lot of coordinating for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane, incredible, amazing. Back man. Yes, man. She does. I sit back and watch Karan. She didn't even know. I was just watching the way she mm -hmm. navigated the room. And, man, her, she's always moving and looking at how she mm -hmm. can make things better, making sure the stuff is on point. Always. Yeah, yeah. Always, man. Mm -hmm. And that's how she is. She has that spirit. And I just pray God, like, gives her everything she wants in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so for for the people that's watching, they don't know this, but Ian, man, he brought out uh, all of the, like the stunt bag, everything. Yeah, they we get like some clips flips. too of that. Yeah. yeah. So if y'all don't follow him on Instagram, go follow him, and uh, you probably have to scroll down and mm -hmm. find. But he posted clips of people doing like uh diving, yes. tumbles and stuff like yep. that. So yep. this is not just you know uh, a summit where they sitting and they're talking. Nah, people are up. Yeah. They're acting. They're doing the things they did. Um. Uh, photo shoots for the uh, the yep. headshots. We so, did. We did reels. We shot reels and everything. So they're prepared, man. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the success that you've seen uh, individuals man. participated in that had? Uh, so, I mean, so far. Much. We've had people to go on to get on other jobs. We've helped to bring people into their first jobs and break into the industry. We've helped to like, um, like, we had some people that have worked with you know, with Tyler Perry Studios and film shows from who they met at the cooler. Right. Uh, we've had people to get like writing advice, get their, their projects seen by people mm -hmm. to collaborate on other events. We've also had a lot of people collaborate with other people they've seen at the cooler, which is really one of the main goals of it. We want people to like succeed, but we also want to see like what it's like to coexist in a creative ecosystem where you can create with your neighbors and create quality projects. And we have the resources there, like crew and you know capital, in order to make that happen. Yeah. So we've seen so much success, man. So many people have like texted and called and been like, "Hey, I met this person through the cooler." And that's just the adult side. Like the kids, people just say all the time that their kid has found a purpose, or they found like what they want to do in life, or they want to write things or books or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just super excited about it, man. Look, I'm telling you, I got a kid that's that's right there, man. This is yeah. just opened up a whole new world for her. So she's yeah. excited about it, man. I can't wait to get it. Yeah, I can't wait. Her. Trust me, she's going to be the first one there. If you got a line at the door, trust me, she's going to be the first one in the line. You're going to have to drop off everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, man, you just recently wrapped up, uh, or so we're in the new year now. Last year, you wrapped up the last show for the Murder Mysteries, the Soulful yes. Murder Mystery, man. man. 
Uh, and I know you got big plans for that. The organization yeah. has big plans, man. Yeah. I, that's it's such a unique project, man. Yeah. And everybody that comes through that experience, bro, mm-hmm. always raves about it. How did mm-hmm. that? Where did you get that idea? Man, I was in the shower. I get a lot of ideas in the shower. Yeah, like driving <laughs> or like whatever. So I was in the shower. I was thinking about it, man. I love dinner theaters, but I I would love no. Yeah, I was like I would love to do a dinner theater, but I love escape rooms. Okay. So I was like, what if they had a baby? What would they look like? And then what if it was soulful? We had good music and a good, great cast. And the cast was, we didn't have a stage. So the cast operated around the audience and, yeah. and consumed. So the audience felt like they were in the show mm-hmm. and not watching the show. Sure. So it was like, and not in the show as far as like, yeah, like in the show and participating, but like literally placed in the show. Like my body is, uh, y'all are operating around me. So the first murder mystery we did, bro, I didn't tell anybody who was in the cast. Mm-hmm. Some people just thought I was, they just knew I was promoting a murder mystery. Okay. So I had the cast show up with the guests. So when they started acting weird, they were just like, I was just talking to this dude over okay. there. Why is he acting weird? And then all of a sudden the cast would just flip, the death that happened, and then everything would start. Okay. And then like, so the, to explain it, we put everybody in a vicinity and we have a theme. And uh, then after that, then the death happens and then you got to figure out who killed who. And then you go from like different rooms to fit. We spread everybody in teams and then the team go from different rooms to yeah. figure out the, you know, kill, well, figure out how they died. And then you come back in the main room. We do two other things. You figure out, you know, say who killed them. Yeah. So we've been doing it, man. I've done about five, six different themes okay. of the murder mystery, but uh, we look forward to touring it. Cause we went to Atlanta this past year and it went really well, but now we want to go to like, what's next? What's, what's the next city? What's the next uh, thing? So we look forward to touring it and eventually licensing it to like different entities that have residency yeah. and things like that. Yeah. You definitely got to, uh, <clears throat> or we got to figure out how to, you know, bring it, bring it more because yeah. every show sells out. Yeah, it like does, yeah. Last show, it sold two you. shows. Uh, what was the capacity on it? I can't remember what it the was capacity. Like 150? 150 per show. Something like that. It yeah. was like a little bit over 150 though, right? Yeah, you had people, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, both shows sold oh, out. Yeah. So, yeah, so you got to figure out how to incorporate. We got more, to. Man. But you yeah. know who I've been like, who's been consulting with me, right? Who is that? <laughs> you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that quick. Man, it's been so great. Like learning, like, and just like laying out the business and being able to like see it. Yeah out of my mind, you know what I mean? Because as a creative, we see things in our brain, but we gotta get it there. So it's been great to like see it in my mind and understand like that is an amazing thing. It's amazing, man. So I thank you and I thank this, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and man, just to kind of give you your flowers, a lot of this that you see with the Equity Tap Network, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It came because, you know, I had sold my company mm-hmm. uh, and I was just kind of in, uh, quote unquote retirement. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it wasn't permanent retirement. Yeah. You know, I'm 35 years old. That's a great thing. It was like, man, I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do next, and mm-hmm. you came in. You know what I'm saying? At the right time, mm-hmm. he really gave me something to start focusing on. Oh man, and starting to see the creative side of everything, and yeah, I was yeah. just like, and then I went to a conference. That conference kind of added a little. Yeah, bit that's the one. That's what you got. That's yes, this one I got this shirt yeah, from. Yeah, 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 my boy Wall Street Trapper, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know him personally, but he my boy. I watch. I mean, it's a boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. So give you your flowers too, man. This project all came together because you pulled me in at a oh. time where I was just sitting back chilling. Oh man, I appreciate you know, it. You added so that. much value though, like so much value. I think that like God gives you what you need at a certain amount of time, and I think 
as you think that of us, we definitely think that of you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, 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 so what's next for you, bro? Man, we're trying to take this play on tour. We're not trying to. We're going take, to take yeah. it on tour. We're going to license that. License that. But next thing for us, man, we're going to get some shows, some TV shows rocking and rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like get another film under our belt, a few more films under our belt. We just did one. Yeah, yeah man. Queen Rising. Yeah, last year. Yeah, thank you for coming to that, too. And um, we're going to do a private screening of that probably soon. But, uh, man, more films, more development projects, networking with more people, more collaborations. Yeah. Just um, building that ecosystem of content, we can continue to do it, and then more outreach, like solidifying and structuring and expanding that pipeline so you, young people or anybody can get into the industry and like lay that infrastructure so people that are in the industry can pour into people that want to get into the industry, For sure. but the cooler want to be that infrastructure so they won't have to go get a 501c3 again. You know what I'm saying? They'll have the we'll have the people that are ready to learn, and we'll also have the people that are ready to teach. Okay, so that's just like systemically building that in a way that can sustain itself. Sure. So I know we got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do, <laughs> yeah. but it's worth it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because once you see people's lives change, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Behind, and, and, and we're in that economy. Is they People are, they titled this this whole economy right now the creative economy. Yeah. So it's, it's, not a, it's, a, it's not a better time for, no. you know, to, to do the work that you're doing, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to bring more people on board. Like it's, 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 a, it's, our, our, it's yeah. now, man, it's now. I'm excited to do it with you, bro. I'm excited like for what we're going to partner on and like in the partnerships we're gonna create with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. I think it's it's endless. For it's sure. Endless. Yeah. yeah, it's endless. Ask you a quick question. Mm -hmm. uh, just just out of curiosity, man. If if just say tomorrow you woke up, mm -hmm. knowing everything that you know about the mm -hmm. industry, but you weren't Princeton James, you were Kelvin Wood, somebody mm -hmm. and I and I say that yeah. like a nobody in the industry. Just say you was a nobody in the industry, nobody knew you, you didn't have the place, but you had all the knowledge and the information mm -hmm. that you have right now. Mm -hmm. What would be the course of uh, action that you would take to break into the, the Break industry? into the industry. Based on what you know. Yeah, based on what I know, I would literally start volunteering on people's sets. Okay. I would literally just start to build my relational capital. Because gotcha. at the end of the day, we can know it, but in our business, if it if you don't know people that trust what you do, mm -hmm. it's, it's null and void. For sure. So I will go and volunteer and say like, hey, I can help you produce this, mm -hmm. and I do the best job I can. Sure. And I help you produce this, help you write this, I help, I'll direct this for you. And I would do it as in like sowing seeds, yeah. and I was just, you know, Siege. yeah, man, because they those are the things that have led to other like paid gigs. Yeah. Like people, I can't even count how many free gigs I've done for people. Mm -hmm. I literally can't, I could not count, but the they led to the paid gigs and those are some of the same phone calls that I've gotten yeah. because their relational capital is way, way heavier than like a cash transaction yeah. in the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So from your experience, man, do you, is that one thing that you see uh, people trying to break into the industry lack? Yeah. Yeah. They always like, nah, you gotta pay me three fifty for that, and you like, yeah, yeah. that's that money finna leave tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and, and not saying not like, I don't want to diminish the importance of getting paid because you need to get paid yeah, with yeah. your word, mm -hmm. but you need to get paid proportionately to the project you're doing. Yeah. So if you're doing a small student film, don't go ask them for the big bag. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you're doing <laughs> Netflix, don't do it for free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like knowing like. Every project is different, every situation is different, but those free gigs with the right people, bro, I work some free gig, free gigs with some people that are huge now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
and uh, and served under some people that are super big now. So I just, man, I would just say like serving, learning, volunteering, offering your time. Yeah. And then it's just start to naturally grow and then treat people well, bro. Yep. That That's the, a big networking cheat code that people don't understand mm-hmm. is treat people well. Yeah. They're doing a good job. That's real, bro. That's yeah. it. They think that it's like, you gotta know how to talk to people and know how to approach them. Man, treat them well yeah. and do a good job because they gonna remember that. If you pass by somebody that's like speaking and be like, what's up, that fist dap, you know what I'm saying, what up, how you doing? Yeah. You know, that can go a long, long yeah, way. Yeah, for sure, man. It's golden rule. You know, man. Treat others like you want to be treated. Man. I mean, if you got rid of every law in the world and kept just that one, that's really all you need. Man, you yes. know the way you want to be treated, man. That would be, be good. Yeah, a whole lot better. It would be. I, I, I agree mean, with that. Yeah, we're coming up on the hour. I know okay, we, we are. We are. Talk, man. Wow. Yeah. We've been going. It's all good. Dang. It was fast. What I want to do is um, I want you to just tell people again how they can Ooh. connect with you. And yeah. then... Um, I want you, if you could, uh, for entrepreneurs that's out there that's watching this, yeah. man, any pardon advice uh, that you want to give them, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you close it out, man. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you've been watching this interview and you found value out of it, do me a favor. Drop Cooler, C-O-O-L-E-R, in the comments to let us know that you watched this interview, that you're rocking with the comment. Uh, also, if you're an entrepreneur uh, that's looking to get into business, uh, and you want us to create certain content that resonates with you, put that in the comment as well, and we'll do our best uh, to try to bring on individuals, bring on uh, more guests to help us uh, break through that hurdle, man. So, look, mm-hmm. Preston, and, oh, do me a favor also, y'all. Y'all be sure to subscribe. You know what I'm saying? If you got yeah. value out of this and you want to continue to uh, get content like this, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit that little bell, that's the notification. So anytime that we post something, you'll be the first person to know. Yeah. And with that being said, man, I'm going to kick it over to you. Tell okay. people how they can keep up with you and any parting advice that you have, man. Okay. So what I would say is, like, well, you can follow me at Preston um, underscore James on Instagram, Preston James on Facebook, and on TikTok is the same, Preston underscore James. But you can follow the production company at Preston James Productions on everything. And um, this is The Cooler on everything and soulful murder mystery on everything. Um, but the last bit of advice I would give to anybody that's an entrepreneur, please operate in your gift because people will suffer if you don't operate in your gift. Also treat people well, and then always learn what tools we can do to, to collaborate, deconstruct our own ego and deal with our own issues that will help us show up as our full selves for the work, for the people, so everybody can feel like they're valued, heard, seen, and loved, man. But go after your gift. You don't want no what yeah. ifs in your life. I appreciate it. That's what's up, yeah. bro. I appreciate you taking of time course, man. Yeah. to do this. Yeah. Uh, I would love to, you know, get you back on uh, the show as yeah. things yeah. continues to grow, man. To keep people, you know, posted and updated yeah. to uh, what you got going oh, on. You know, here. Whenever you want me to be here, bro. good brother. I appreciate it, man. Yes, bro. All right, all right, man.